Tori Dominguez. And I'm Noah Hertz. And welcome to Press Start. It's the podcast for gamers who only play video games for their fishing mini games, like me. We're going to do a little rundown of Pikmin Bloom, the Xbox anniversary celebration, what we're excited for, what we're mad about, and everything going down on Activision slash Blizzard. And we're going to wrap up with what we're playing and more. So have you done anything or been interested at all about Pikmin Bloom? No. I was I was kind of excited looking at the uh, the Google Doc of things we have on here because like uh, I haven't touched Pikmin Bloom. I was too busy with work this week to be able to watch the Xbox celebrations. So like I don't I don't know shit about most of what you're excited to talk about, which is kind of fun. But uh, no, I downloaded Pikmin Bloom, and I opened it up, and it was like this is a Pikmin. You got to walk around to get more of these. And I was like, remember with Pokemon Go where it was like when you had to leave the app open initially to hatch eggs and stuff. I don't know if Pikmin Bloom is still like that, but that was the vibe I got, and I did not look into it any further and promptly closed it. <laughs> so I have not touched Pikmin Bloom. I have tried to play two different Pikmin games, and I mm-hmm. always quit about half an hour in. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Or, like, why I should be doing what I'm doing. They're really cute, though. They are really cute. It's one of those things that I'm kind of jealous of people who are into Pikmin because I feel like they have something that I don't. Mm-hmm. It's like people who like to woodwork for fun. I'm like, hmm. I don't know what that's about, but I'm glad you're having a good time. And frankly, I wish I was too. <laughs> I feel that way about people who play StarCraft. Yeah. But I, feel that- did, I did want to bring it up because you mentioned Pokemon Go. That was the summer. That was that was the last good summer. That was. Yeah. So like I is the summer 2016, our generation summer of 69. Who knows? But. 2016 really had something to it, um, the earlier part of 2016, um, I might add. And Pokemon Go was just, it was just a lot. It was great. It brought together society for like a, a good amount of time. But we, we were like that meme of like the utopian meme where there's like flying spaceships and yeah. we, were, we were there for like three months, like three months. And I think what Pokemon Go did is I introduced AR to like the regular normal person and it's not just become normal like you are some of our snapchat filters like remember the dancing hot dog like bro that's yeah. AR like yeah. you know like it that it's like it's just part of our normal lives now it's almost an expected part of our interaction with technology like oh yeah this little blob is like in my camera who cares like it I remember it being insane and being like groundbreaking at least to me as a high schooler when it was pokemon go but now it's just almost like a little nuisance we see every once in a while but i do still like it when it's a franchise that i love and i recognize and i was looking at the release campaign for shimagami tensei and there's a little ar where you you see a little jack frost that's cute yeah i'm sorry i just think it's really cute um i did participate in it i thought it was really cute and i think it's just interesting like pokemon go was like AR in a game, and now we're seeing ARB used as kind of a gimmick. So I'm just wondering, like, if it's going to progress anymore, or if, if this is just like where it's going to be. Like, I guess should we say that AR stands for augmented reality? Does it even matter anymore? Like, I feel like it's kind of divorced from what it actually. It yeah, it's it's just a thing at this point. But uh, I remember the first thing I saw with augmented reality was uh, when I got my Nintendo 3DS in like 2012. I want to say it had that thing with the you got the cards it was like a pack of cards 
and each of the cards had a little Nintendo character on them. So there was like a Mario and a Kirby and like a couple other things. And you put the card on the table and you opened up the camera app on the 3DS and it scanned the card. And then it was like Mario came out of the card and was just standing there on the table. And it was like, like that was pure gimmick. There was nothing you could do with it. All you could do was like take photos. You couldn't even interact with it. But it was like the coolest thing in the world to me for like 15 minutes when I first got my 3DS. I had like never seen anything like that. Yeah. No, if I actually, I don't think I ever did that with my 3DS. But oh, it was so I, cool. Had I done it, I think I also would have been mind blown. So yeah. I have judge you for that. Um, yeah, it, it's just interesting, like the evolution of it, the fact that it's just become as commonplace as like a launch campaign or like companies will make big announcements. They'll be like, oh, we'll have a hashtag with an emoji. And like a little augmented reality thing. We almost see it as like, I don't know, just a little, a little something. It's like the working man's VR. It's like how VR continues to get promoted and why, while it's like VR is definitely much more normalized than it used to be, most people, myself included, can't afford to buy like a nice VR headset, nor do I like have space in my apartment to have a VR hookup with like all the shit set up and like enough space for me to do VR. So yeah, or like kicking my TV, like having having something that i can just like hold my phone up to is a cool way of engaging with the environment around me so does pikmin bloom have that i didn't really get far enough to (laughs) (laughs) i know it's people that make that made pokemon go it seems like kind of the same concept but with just pikmin and so pokemon just kind of riding off the coattails of pokemon go Mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't think it'll be nearly as successful because, like, Pikmin is just not nearly as iconic of a franchise as Pokemon is, like, just being honest. Yeah. But it's just interesting to see them launch another franchise that is, again, last time I checked, Nintendo exclusive. Yeah. And uh, seeing its appeal to people. So I will yeah. tabs on it. I'll see what people think about it. People are definitely not talking about it at all. Like, Pokemon Go was something that everyone was talking about for a while but i haven't seen honestly i haven't seen a single tweet about pigmen like it's not appeared in my feed i have to like seek it out purposely to find it so i don't know what that says maybe our little ar thing was just a flash in the pan but i don't know i've definitely seen a few people i follow on twitter talking about pigmen bloom and the, but they definitely seem to be people who like probably would not sit down and play pigmen one or pigmen three on their switch maybe yeah, maybe it's a awesome. thing that's also the thing. I feel like with Pokemon Go, like you didn't need to necessarily have ever played a Pokemon game to like get into it. But I feel like nah. Bloom, like it's not. They're not really giving you much probably in terms of story. Yeah, Pikmin has a story, but mm-hmm. you kind of have to understand. Um, there's a reason why you're gathering all these little Pikmin <laughs> and then making them die for you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> no Pikmin were harmed in the creation of this podcast. So can you tell me a little bit about this Xbox anniversary celebration? Because I was at work and I was unable to tune in. So what's sure. Xbox doing? Okay, so it's just like 30 minutes of Xbox propaganda, but like I'll I'll dive in. So it's the 20th anniversary of the Xbox, like the original Xbox. Um, I just want to note here, like there's they're showing a lot of like footage of back then, um, especially since they are releasing a like a limited series documentary on it, which is available That's cool. on YouTube and Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> just like completely ignore every major streaming platform 
that people use. And BRB, I've got to drive to Walgreens so that I can rent the Xbox documentary. I have to ask my mom first if she can get me the red box of... <laughs> Some of that footage was great, though. It was, like, the most early 2000s shit ever. Like, there was a moment where they were announcing the Xbox, and the Xbox was announced by Bill Gates and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And the entire aesthetic is, like, acid green, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson is on it with a full head of hair. And he's wearing these tiny black sunglasses. He looks like he's in The Matrix or something. He looks like he's about to offer you, like, the red pill. And him and Bill Gates are talking and they like unveil this box and it's covered in the black cloth and it's the Xbox and man crowd goes wild it shows like the they're showing montages of like times where like like kids lining up outside of stores to get the Xbox and these kids like they came straight out like Spencer's like chain wallets the frosted tips it's just the chunky highlights I love Kelly Clarkson and American Idol it was it was really something. It definitely, definitely uh, very nostalgic for people who remember that time, remember that console. So that's something I would watch because I love like those how it's made type documentaries and like yeah. I'm sure some chaotic shit happened in the creation of the Xbox. Was any game ever probably horrible stuff, probably bugs, probably crunch. I I love watching docs about that. So that was one thing. I really wish more game companies would do that, like how the sausage is made type thing for their consoles. Of course, you're going to get the Microsoft point of view from it. So it's probably going to be airbrushed a little bit. But I feel like most of the video game documentaries I've seen are like third party kind of fan oriented type things. There was one on Netflix I watched uh, not too long ago. It was called Console Wars, and it was specifically about the era when Nintendo was kind of king and then Sega came in and threw him for a loop and then like the battle between Nintendo and Sega throughout the 90s, that was super interesting. But that's the kind of thing that like they got a lot of Sega officials to talk on it or like ex-Sega people, but far fewer ex-Nintendo people to talk on it. And man, I would just, I would love to see like a Nintendo in-house made documentary, like here's how we made Mario and that kind of thing. Like, I feel like that'd be really cool. Love that. So it's really cool that Microsoft's doing that. Yeah, and if they're going to go back and like do this documentary, specifically about the Xbox and about that era, I would love to see Nintendo do a doc about the GameCube or the Nintendo 64. Probably not the GameCube, because I know people like sleep on the GameCube. Are you going to doc about the Wii? Like, I feel like the Wii was some some stuff. Yeah. Some groundbreaking stuff. The motion control is just an era, honestly. I would love to watch that. Um, but... Something I really thought stood out during this presentation with Xbox that kind of made me jealous as a person who owns not an Xbox is the backwards compatibility announcement. Yeah. They announced backwards compatibility for their most recent console and the console before that um, to over 70 games. Shit. Max Payne, whole franchise. Mabel, several Star Wars games, Better Alive, I believe. Like, just like some really some bangers. Okay, this isn't like, okay, you know, when like the Switch Online adds like the new NES game of the week. Yes, yeah. And it's just like some random shit. It's like something you've never heard of in your entire life. Like, that's the exact opposite. And yes, it's cloud based gaming. Yes, you don't really own it. But like, they did their fans right. And it made me jealous because Nintendo could never or nintendo once did but they could never <laughs> again and yeah i had a moment there um besides that uh big day for people who like halo um, 
for those who celebrate pour, pour one out for them i guess i love Look, that they're eating well they yeah their halo infinite online they got a tv show on paramount plus Dre's out to see what that how good that will be um i'm not betting any money on it but they they're getting <laughs> content good for them good for them honestly they honestly seem, yeah they seem just like a really hype a really happy group of people wonder what it feels like um chris pratt is master chief <laughs> <laughs> how much you would have bet chris pratt's gonna play somebody in the halo show i swear to god chris pratt is master chief um and yeah it looks like the people got what they wanted it it seems like everyone was having a, a good time good for them so i like this because this does not seem like it's the kind of enormous blowout that happens when there's like a nintendo direct or even like the playstation what do they call them playstation access type things state of play there we go but it's also like i don't think the expectations were ever that high <laughs> like anniversary presentation like yeah nintendo fans and i guess to a lesser extent playstation fans tend to kind of set the expectations like so unbelievably high every single time there's a live stream of announcements and then are burned every single time and they're wondering why they felt burned yeah that's true yeah it seemed like the people at, at xbox were just were just there to have a good time i love that of people not having a good time yeah i i feel like the, this has been kind of a, a very fast moving issue. So like by the time we have the podcast out and edited, it's possible that things will be a little different. And if anything is massively different, I'll like throw something in and post. But boy, Activision Blizzard really just keeps fucking it up, huh? Like, uh, I don't know how much deep reading you've done into the issues that have recently arisen at Activision Blizzard, but they all... Yeah, I've done some. Yeah. Seems like a lot of fucked up stuff has happened and the people at top do the whole time and chose to do nothing. The worst part too is that this all stems for people who have not been obsessively reading about this stuff. This all first came out in July of so earlier this year that there was just like the most horrific culture of sexual harassment, of abuse, just all of the worst possible stuff to have an environment for work at Activision Blizzard. And it was among some of the like most senior people at the company. There was some pot look, it was moving as if they were trying to make some positive change and everything kind of quieted down for a little bit. And so a Wall Street Journal report comes out earlier this week that shows that the current CEO of the company, Bobby Kotick, actually knew the whole time everything that was going on, probably was involved in the sexual harassment himself and had previously said he was completely unaware of all this. So it's led to employee walkouts. It's led to some serious demands for him to step down. And I mean, obviously solidarity with the people who are walking out and people who are demanding this, but it's just nuts. It, it, it reminds me so much of when, uh, when Condé Nast came under fire, what was that earlier this year, last year? That was last year, bro. That for when they came under fire for underpaying women and people of color in the office. And so then the company was like, we're going to do it. We're going to improve. And then they just like didn't do the one thing that people were asking them to. Something I was reading about earlier was um, when all of the shit first went down earlier this year, Blizzard hired their first female co-leader in the company, Jen O'Neill. And she ended up departing from the company shortly afterwards, wow. tendering her resignation. 
and was only offered equal pay when she tendered her resignation. And it's like, how do you fuck this up? Like, I, I simply do not understand. It's, it's bonkers how you fuck this up so bad. Yeah, it's at that point, it's not fucking up. It's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between repeated mistakes and just, like, straight-up malicious behavior, and that's just straight-up malicious behavior. And, and it sucks, too, because I think for a long time, the video game industry has been kind of treated as if it's unique in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, the, the medium is unique. Therefore, the industry that creates the medium is unique, one could argue. But these are these are not problems of the video game industry. These are problems of capitalism as we currently live in it that are exacerbated by the culture that the video game industry fosters and kind of allows to exist so it really sucks but i've been really pleased to see like the media response to it um you i was looking so i was just looking at polygon today and literally plastered on the front home page was like an opinion piece that was just like demanding yeah you know, of, Activision, of Activision Blizzard to resign and it was just like boom front page like if this is yeah. paper it'd be like the main image the main story on the front page and I was like damn they and it's awesome that it's an opinion piece not by anybody but by the editor-in-chief at Polygon Chris Plant so like it's serious shit and then today also the day we're recording this the, one of the front stories on Kotaku is let's meet the board members supporting besieged Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick. And it just lays out all these people, which I should note, like all boards of all companies that make this much money, most of these people are just like rich shitheads. Like uh, Bobby Kotick and another person who's on the board both appear in Jeffrey Epstein's Little Black Book. <laughs> Some of these people, yeah, right? Some of these people are just like random fucks from like Warner Brothers and from other big companies. And most of, somebody's from Nestle. It's like, oh yeah, Nestle, the, the child slavery water company. They always like turn up in every fucked up thing ever. Like they can't even catch a break. Like this is a video game company. Wow, <laughs> Nestle was like, hold up. It's like, I thought you guys were too, I thought you guys were too busy employing child slavery to make sure that chocolate was cheap or something. Like it's. They made, they made sure to pencil this into their schedule, apparently. Yeah, it just, it sucks so much. And and like I said, we, we cannot stress enough that, like, these walkouts are necessary because they, they will, they need to change the culture of this company. I think it was, uh, it was former Waypoint Radio host Austin Walker who said it on Twitter that, like, these problems aren't happening because of who is CEO. Like, obviously he needs to be removed, but it's the power structure that enabled all of this to happen where they went unpunished for so long that just needs to be completely wiped out until it's a safe place. So needless to say, I will not be spending any money on any Activision or Blizzard games for no, quite some time, I mean, but I won't either. I mean, I never actually have, but yeah. I was a Blizzard guy for a while when I was growing up. I loved the old Diablo games and when they re-released Diablo 2, I came so close to picking it up. Plus like Call of Duty is still like one of the most popular things on the planet. So they're still going to be eaten good, but it just sucks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, speaking of the the culture, I was reading up on some of the documents that were about like the changes they were promising to make, and the bar is underground. Like the yeah. bar, the bar is like in the basement. Like it includes like we will not accept drunkenness at work. Like it yeah, was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it sucks it really really sucks it really sucks and the thing is my uh like my brother loves diablo and i we used, we used to play it as kids 
And when Diablo 2 remake came out, he got it. It was asking me like once a week, like, man, when are you going to get this? When are you going to get this? And I was like, fuck, like, I get it. Yeah. Uh... It sucks, too, because it's like uh, there was the same discussion that was going around when all the discussions of Crunch were coming out last year around. um, Well, it happens like once a year, but the most recent one was The Last of Us 2. That was the last like big one. I remember when that one came out and then there were all these reports coming out about people in the company who were like, hey, we had to crunch. And also we had to watch like really graphic videos of people dying so that I could get the animations correct for the game. And so then a lot of people's reaction was like, I'm going to boycott this game. I will not buy it. And then, I mean, like a vocal contingent of people from within Naughty Dog, the company that developed the game, were like, well, don't not get the game. Like, I put a lot of hard work into it. So it's it's really tough because it's like these games are still products made by lots and lots of people and people put their hard work and time into it and you want to support that but it sucks that eventually the money does trickle back to like somebody who was on jeffrey epstein's child molestation plane like thing it's like yeah you want to like recognize the artists for the works it is art and that's why i believe they are they are artists but you are also lining the pockets of some pretty terrible people sometimes yeah and it's just a thing that almost can't be avoided regardless of what company you're talking about um yeah me me thinks this is a greater problem but yeah yeah no i agree (sighs) you want to hear about something else that's irritating with the video game industry but isn't quite so evil as bad yeah not quite as bad so uh about as of recording time about a week ago now Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, and I can't quite tell, but it appears 4 might have also. Oh, okay, so yeah, it was Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, as well as the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which includes 2, 3, 4, and some other ones, were all removed from digital storefronts because of copyright issues. And initially when I heard this, I assumed this was going to be copyright issues within Konami itself. But because there was this whole kind of crazy shakedown, I don't know if you remember this and if listeners aren't familiar with it, because the guy who made the Metal Gear Solid games, Hideo Kojima, was kind of ousted from Konami, the company that has been publishing those games from their inception. But in being ousted, Konami kept the ownership of Metal Gear Solid and Hideo Kojima just kind of got like kicked to the curb. So I thought that was going to be the issue. But no, the issue is actually with the license over historical footage that is included in these games what (laughs) so like historical footage yeah so i don't know if you've played metal gear solid 2 or 3 but like metal gear solid 3 in particular takes place during the cold war now there's a lot of anachronistic things that happen during the cold war setting like there's a there's a guy who can shoot thunder from his hands and this kind of stuff and he's just like hanging out in the soviet union but every now and then yeah yeah you never know he could have been there i don't know (laughs) And one of the hallmarks of the Metal Gear Solid games is like these big, long, lengthy cutscenes. And sometimes I always think back to the first Metal Gear Solid because that was the one that's really burned in my head because it would cut to these low quality FMV videos on like the PlayStation 1 of like nuclear missile testing where somebody's talking over the little in-game codec messages and they're like, we got to stop them from detonating the nuclear bomb. And then they show like a real nuke and you're like, oh yeah, this is serious. So uh These have been removed from digital storefronts. So, I mean, like, I'm lucky enough to say that I own disc copies of Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 on PlayStation 2. But, like, it's this is just kind of like one more reminder that we don't really own anything if you buy it digitally. 
anything. It sucks. It sucks so much. I feel like we're just kind of continuing to ring this bell of this really sucks. Yeah, this is, the, this is the hill I will die on and I don't care about being annoying about it. Yeah. I hate to quote that like, like horrible, like alt-right meme on Twitter that's like, this is what they took from you. And it's like, but like yeah. seriously, this is what they took from us, and it sucks, and it's over like the stupidest reason. And yeah, uh, I would like to own my games, please, and thank you very much. And it's like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not a case of like, if I purchased Metal Gear Solid Two on my PlayStation Four, I can't like re-download it. Like I still own the license for that. But if I'm somebody who this week just happened to end up on a Wikipedia or YouTube rabbit hole and decided I wanted to check out this game series, it is now impossible to do it digitally. So I need to like rush out to my nearest GameStop or buy stuff on eBay or secondhand and stuff like that. And I someday video game companies are going to have to understand that they would make more money. They would make money hand over fist if their products were just accessible to people. I am once again advocating for people to play these games with however whatever method they can get their hands on however you can figure it out yeah and that's all i'm gonna say about that i don't know if you should advocate it i think you should just remind people that that exists friendly reminder <laughs> that software and things that are out there that can imitate games exist and yeah you can seek them out not necessarily that you should, but you can. But you absolutely can. Yeah. Well, if you're annoyed about that, is there anything you're excited about? Uh, there is something I'm actually kind of excited about. I wanna, I wanna take a trip back to the, uh, the leak corner. We're gonna have to come up with a name for this because we've. We have to do the little leak segment. <laughs> we said we weren't gonna do it, and now for the past three weeks, I've been like, I have leak ideas. So, um. Yeah. Big news, big scoop. This one is from Scoop website, Giant Freaking Robot. I did not look into what the track record of Giant Freaking Robot is. Uh, they have a whole page on their website that is like, look at these scoops we predicted that came true. So I am, I'm forced to believe that they're correct. Um, hit me with it. Giant Freaking Robot says that insiders are telling them trusted insiders many mind you are saying many many people are saying this uh including people at the hipster coffee shops they're all saying this um they're saying that after we get chris pratt as mario we're going to get a standalone spin-off movie with seth rogan's donkey kong as the main character <laughs> uh, i i don't know if true the enormous if true um the, the article, I love these kinds of articles because they have to pad out for length because they can't just give you a single paragraph with the only bit of information they know. But in the article, they pointed out that we do know, courtesy of Nintendo's announcement for the upcoming Mario movie, that Fred Armisen is going to be playing Cranky Kong. So they were positing that maybe Cranky Kong will also be in the Donkey Kong spinoff movie. But um, I don't know. I can see it going one of two ways for my Donkey Kong lore heads out there. We either get... Donkey Kong, like the Donkey Kong Country games, where he's just like hanging out in his jungle house and someone steals his comically large banana horde and then he has to go rescue them from like evil crocodiles or whatever. Or maybe he'll like be in a city and throwing barrels at a Mario. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the plot... Like, 
how like I feel like Donkey Kong doesn't have enough plot to be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I just I keep seeing this positive that people are like, oh my god, they're making a Mario movie. Maybe they'll make Donkey Kong. Eventually, they're building up towards like the Avengers, but it's gonna be Smash Bros. And I'm like, do you really want that though? Like, like I know that sounds cool on paper, but do you want that? Oh my god. I don't want that. I'm gonna be. A, I, I think. You know, if this Mario movie sells out good enough in international markets, we're gonna get Timothee Chalamet as Link or some shit. Like this is we're like we're like one, one good sale away from it. No, I hmm, I could fuck with that actually. Back, let's back up. I think I could fuck with that. <laughs> Hold up, I I support this. Hold Yeah, I could fuck with that actually. Timothy Chalamet as Link and Sarsha Ronan as uh, Zelda. <laughs> little women, bro. That's just little women. Just I think that's just la- I think that's just Ladybird too, actually. I, sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love I. I could fuck with it. I could, maybe a miniseries, maybe a Netflix miniseries. <clears throat> oh wait, there was one more thing during the uh, the Xbox thing. But didn't you tell me there was like Sea of Thieves stuff that looked really fun? Okay, so I watched two Xbox announcements because like what? I watched two different ones. I watched the one that came out the other day, and then I wa- I also just like to give myself some context. Mm-hmm. Um, watch the one that came out in like June or July because people were talking about that as well. I and see. Yeah, there is a Sea of Thieves Pirates of the Caribbean collab that I believe is based on the second uh, Pirates movie with Calypso. Oh, let's go. Little Hut. Let's go. And like Davy Jones Locker and all that. And it just, you know, had like the Pirates of the Caribbean music and like like Pavlov's dog. I heard like this, bah, 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 and I was like, Ooh. Um, but to be true, like this game legit looks like those mobile game graphics. Like when you see a commercial for like Clash of Clans. Yeah. And you know, it was like catapults whenever it looks all cool and then it zooms out and it's like it looks like bejeweled on your phone like i was actually waiting for that moment but then it was just an xbox game and i was like oh wow that's a game i've never played sea of thieves but i've heard it's really fun i've heard that it's one of those games that the fun of it is when you have like four people playing together and it just gets really chaotic and that that sounds fun i, I won't lie that. i just like i don't know it's kind of weird to i mean to kind of bring back like a 15 year old franchise that hasn't had any new movie entries in a decade and be like collab actually pirates of the caribbean has had movie entries in the last decade they just weren't good wait what yeah there's like five of those movies what yeah hold up what, what wait i haven't seen the last one i saw was the fourth night i legit thought that was the last one that came out now nah, bro there's a fifth one it came out in 2017 what the fuck? It's got a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. So needless to I don't think it's good, but cut this out. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> I'm not gonna cut this out. This is too funny. Yeah, Bro, I was graduating high school and this happened. Damn. I, I didn't have time. You were walking you were walking I across was, the I stage. Was a, I was in my last school play where I played an ensemble ape in Tarzan. So I was on ensemble ape. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Donkey Kong is. <laughs> That's what Fred Armisen is, Ensemble 8. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing these days, Noah? I played an okay amount of stuff this week. So we've talked in the past about how Skyrim is a game I've played and enjoyed. I've put a lot of hours into The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, available on every video game console you own. I think it's a good game. I think 
modern standards. If it were to come out today, I'd probably give it like a six out of 10, but I have like really fond memories of playing with it. And the game originally released on 11, 11, 11. So for its 10th anniversary on 11, 11, 21, they released an update to the newest editions of it, which shocker I own on my PS4. They did two things and the messaging for this was criminally bad. They released a free update that added a fishing mini game. It added a couple new things of content and I think, oh, and it added a survival mode. Put a pin in that, we'll come back to that. And then they also released a $20 DLC pack that adds all of the additional content that they were talking about they wanted to add. So like this is quests, this is armor, this is weapons, this is all kinds of stuff. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm not gonna spend 20 more dollars on Skyrim. I, you cannot make me. I own, I've owned this game like four times at this point. You cannot make me spend 20 more dollars on Skyrim. So I log into the free update, I download it. First thing is to start a new character. I'm like, I can practically do the intro with my eyes closed. Uh, you've played the intro to Skyrim for those who have it. Yeah. You go to this place, you get attacked by a dragon, you go through a little intro dungeon, and then when you get out of the intro dungeon, you come out in this an expansive open world that is available to you. So I come out into the open world and I get a text box pop up, pop up that says, do you want to do survival mode? And I was like, sure, what the hell? So it gave me a couple more dialogue prompts and I just clicked through them and I was like, I don't care, I'll figure it out. Survival mode makes the game arbitrarily more difficult for the worst reasons possible and it's so funny so in survival mode you have <laughs> this is almost too funny in survival mode every piece of equipment that you wear has a warmth score so bear with me every single item you wear grants you some degree of warmth Okay. Skyrim takes place in like a Nordic tundra. Oh yeah, so you, it's like there's like mountains and you keep wanting to run and jump on them to see how high you can get. Yeah, you're quite chilly most of the time too, I would imagine, if you actually have to factor in warmth. So you just have like a thousand different status effects going at any given time. It adds hunger, it adds sleepiness, and it adds warmth. So in Skyrim, in like the top left-hand corner of the screen, sometimes little notifications will pop up. And, and when you're playing normal Skyrim, they'll pop up and they'll just be like, you can level up now, go to your screen and level up. But in survival mode, it's like every 10 seconds. It's like, you are peckish, you are chilly, you need to sleep, you are hungry now. And, oh, it's just maddening. You have to eat food which seems like it makes sense because food is everywhere in Skyrim. There's like every room you walk into, somebody has a table that has like eight potatoes on it. But each, let's say you pick up eight potatoes, your inventory has eight potatoes in it. One potato grants you one point of hunger back, but it's never explained like how much hunger your stamina bar contains. So it's like, it's all arbitrary numbers. Same with like when you're chilly, it's a status effect. When you're chilly, I forget exactly what it was. It's something to the effect of like, your attacks animations are slower and you regain health and stamina slower. So it's like all of these that like I was in a, I was in a dungeon, I'm being attacked by a wizard. He casts an ice spell at me. In the top corner, it says, you are chilly. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do anything about that right now. Ugh, that's so annoying. I don't know. I guess. I but I guess if you want to add new content within the bounds of what already is in the game, this is the kind of stuff you're hemmed in with. Same with the fishing mini game. 
The fishing minigame, they made a huge deal about this however many months ago when they announced this. As somebody who loves fishing minigames, I was like, this is going to be a blast. Uh, you cannot fish anywhere you want. You can only fish at designated fishing spots in Skyrim. No. So like I came upon a fishing spot accidentally. I came out of a dungeon. I walked down to a river and there's just like a boat, two fishing rods, and then fishing spots are demarcated with like a little, little uh, like fishing net and a little like stump to sit on and then there was an npc sitting there who was like named fisherman and so i believe the in-universe explanation for this because there has to be an in-universe explanation is that like fishermen are really honorable and they don't want to deplete the fishing population (laughs) they only allow you to fish at certain places so it's like walk up to the fishing spot and you have to have your fishing rod equipped in your hand and it it's treated like a weapon it goes into your weapons folder in your menu i just can't imagine like from like a first person skyrim point of view you have like the dagger out and so it's like- yeah yeah that's exactly what it looks like i shit you not <laughs> you walk up to the fishing spot and you press x and then it casts the line automatically and then your controller kind of vibrates a little bit and you have to wait until it like vibrates a lot and you press x and then it reels in automatically and then it's not even like a 3d fish it's just like a jpeg of a fish pops up on the screen and it's like you caught a crab oh. <laughs> it sucks it's so bad well, animal crossing's fishing is better than this yeah it is and so immediately after i did this i put my fishing rod back into my inventory and then i jumped into the river and in the river there were a bunch of salmon fish like floating around and they, look, they were 3D models of salmon because I was in the water and I pressed X and the salmon disappeared from the universe and just went into my inventory. And I was like, see, fishing already existed in this game and new fishing is probably more lame than just jumping in the water and collecting fish with my hands. So Far more efficient. You just, just yeah, so Skyrim's... Salmon in your pockets. <laughs> so Skyrim's fishing sucks. Um, I could not bring myself to play more than like a couple hours of Skyrim because I had selected the survival mode difficulty, which, like I said, just made it so arbitrarily stupid. Um, Can I ask, like, what your character, like, what... Um, like race and class you go with? Are you like a main? Like- I go I go wood elf most of the time because wood elves start with an innate bonus in archery and sneak skills, and that's the way I'd like to play those games because I tend to find I find the Skyrim combat, and I guess if you're somebody who has never played Skyrim, maybe take this to heart. The combat in that game is just so utterly boring. Oh, I mean. Yeah, I've, I've attempted to play Spike Skyrim a couple times. It's like Sword and Shield combat is like the worst. Yeah, because you're just... A little off? It does. Left trigger is your left hand, right trigger is your right hand. Most of the time, the way Bethesda seems to want you to play is to have a shield in your left hand and a sword in your right hand. So you're like pressing your right trigger to smack things, and your left trigger, you're holding it up to try and deflect some damage. But it's just so boring so when you're playing as a stealth archer at least there's an added like you have to aim at stuff component and i've heard magic playthroughs are fun but i never really got into the magic in the game but that's what i tend to go with uh do you have a preferred skyrim race not really <laughs> but like i just watched like my my brother play it and he's always an argonian you know like the lizard guy yeah he likes breathing underwater Oh, that's true. I forgot they can do that. That's cool. Um, and he's the type of person that he'll, whenever he plays an Elder Scrolls game, he plays it. He does like, he'll get to like a certain point with 
and look like restart like five different times. Yeah. Until he finds like the right character build or whatever. But he's usually an Argonian. I feel like he's usually a mage. And I don't know. I I started out as like the human, like the Imperial, and just kind of tackled it like any other RPG. Like I had a sword and a shield and it sucked. Yeah. Maybe it's because you that's just not the best way to play Skyrim. But it's kind of funny too, like uh video game podcast triple click that i also listened to they did a retrospective episode on skyrim where the three hosts were pretty glowing talking about it and i mean like if you would ask me a couple years ago i would probably be pretty glowing too but i i have reached the point in my life where i just think there are better open world games to jump into if i want to play stuff like that yeah and i don't know maybe maybe it's yeah it's it's a very it, I'm very nostalgic for Skyrim. Don't get me wrong, but um, but yeah, I've also never beaten a single Bethesda game, like the main story of a Bethesda game, because like your brother, I just kind of get bored and restart it. Because yeah. I don't know. Yeah, same. I felt the same about Fallout Four, which like okay, people feel all sorts of types of ways about Fallout Four. It was definitely people really do. Um, but yeah, it just had the I just felt like directionless and senseless and. I don't know. It's just why I don't really do all those types of games. I don't know. Yeah. That one that really clicked with me. Uh, speaking about another game I didn't do particularly well with, I I downloaded a random free-to-play mobile suit Gundam game that I found on my PS4 on the eShop. Um, the most recent episode of Waypoint Radio, they were talking about a new Gundam game that came out, which I guess is based off of this free-to-play one. And I was like, what the hell? This kind of kind of fun. Um, I enjoy Gundam. I've not watched much Gundam, but I've watched a few of like the smaller OVA series and yeah. I'm a sucker for when big robots hit each other. So I thought this would be fun. I started up Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operations 2. It comes up and it goes, what display language do you want? And it the default option it was set on was Japanese. So in my brain, oh, I'm, no. I'm playing, yeah, in my brain, I'm playing a game where it was originally recorded in Japanese, so I want to have Japanese voice with English subs, so I press X. Mm-hmm. It starts up, the voice is in English, and the text is in Japanese. And I'm like, oh no. And it won't let you access the menu options until you've completed the tutorial. So I complete the whole tutorial. It's pretty easy because I just turn the volume up my TV so I can hear them talk to me. And then I try to change the language off of Japanese, but it's not like it says English, it's all in Japanese. So uh, after a series of language changes, I went from Japanese to Chinese, back to Japanese to Korean. Then I finally got back to English because my girlfriend was like, why don't you just Google what English looks like in Korean? And I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so uh, after about an hour of struggling through the tutorial and struggling through the menus, I finally got to play it and it was fine. Uh, it's a it's a free shooter type game it was okay i was not crazy about it it's a lot of trouble to go through for a free shooter game and just an immense amount of trouble and that's kind of it kind of made me think it made me wish that uh a lot of the mobile suit gundam video games kind of lean into this 3d almost realistic art style but i really wish there was more gundam stuff or just more like anime stuff in general that had the same art style as the dragon ball z fighting game uh is that dragon ball z fighter z the one that looks like you're watching the anime, like really cool stuff. I really wish more games would lean into that kind of 2D look for it. 
and a Gundam game with that kind of art style would look so, so cool. But pipe dream, I guess. I guess last thing I'll talk about me playing is Animal Crossing. I went straight from Skyrim's garbage fishing mechanics to Animal Crossing's beautiful fishing mechanics. Um, beautiful. I'm loving playing on my new island, dude. I'm absolutely loving it. It's it's so much fun. There's new villagers. There's you can put items hanging from your ceiling now. Amazing. You can you can take the wallpaper you put in your house and you can choose one wall to be an accent wall of a different wallpaper. It's nuts. It's so cool. It's so cool. I'm loving it. Um yeah, what are you playing? I haven't really been playing much because I've been getting to this weird rabbit hole where like I don't know if you've been experiencing this as a working adult with a full-time job, mm-hmm. but who is not really keen on cheating in games, but you go to work and then you make dinner and then all of a sudden it's 8 p.m. and then you log on to Animal Crossing and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do I play this game now? So I'm kind of navigating that. Like, I really want to play this game. I really want to finish up and enjoy the continents updates. I really want to build out Harv's Island. But at the same time, I'm like, how do I play this game? Am I mm-hmm. going to have to really be that person who has to, like, back up time and, like, make Tom Nick all disappointed in me? You could do the thing where you, like, offset your Switch's clock by a few hours and just keep it perpetually, like, two hours behind or something. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that because, like, I honestly, I just log on at, like, 10 p.m. and I just fish for an hour before bed and dump it in, like, the, the box of the Nook store. And I'm like, yeah, good night. Like, <laughs> it's kind of, like, weird playing a game like that and experiencing a game like that. But I, I need to find a better way. Animal um, Crossing is such a weird case, too, because it's like there is there is a very specific way you were supposed to enjoy that game. And like it is still very enjoyable outside of the intended play but like when you don't log in within like the hours when the stores are open you're like not playing the game the way nintendo intended it's just very strange yeah it is really strange it also kind of feels like okay playing animal crossing late night it feels like a liminal space oh i love it wrong like the music it's sad yeah weird vibes the music gets sad but then when you hit like the wee hours of the night it starts bumping again like man the, some of I think it's like the the original GameCube one, the two AM music. Oh like, yeah. Whew, whew, heat. Yeah. That's good true. stuff. We play it at ten PM. It's it feels like you're like last call at the bar. It's like why are you here? <laughs> Have you fucked up so bad that you're here at this time? The Able Sisters are like fuck you, go home. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what it feels like to play that game at ten PM. I'm like I'm simply here to fish. Like please, I don't know why I'm feeling so shamed about this. Have you gotten any of the Animal Crossing amiibo cards? No, and I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been like, I followed one of those like restock update tweet like Twitters. Yeah. Like a Target has it. I'm like, you know, like trying to in the middle of work trying to, and like I can never get it. I did find someone on Facebook Marketplace who was selling the pack of amiibo cards for like forty dollars. Holy shit, <laughs> Bruh. It's like that's where we're at right now. No, that that's that is where we are. My one cousin is like very into Animal Crossing too. I uh, they were they were the cousin of mine whose Animal Crossing town I would always go into while we were like first really into New Horizons and be like, how the hell did you do this with your town? And because their town was always like so much more elaborate than mine. But they've been trying desperately to get one of the new villagers whose name is Shino. And yes. I guess yeah, have you seen Shino? I guess parts of the fandom have glommed onto Shino because Shino is a female deer 
but Shino has antlers like the male deer do. She's very pretty. She's trans. We have a trans icon, Animal Crossing Villager. But so my cousin really wanted Shino. And so my cousin kept buying, my cousin has bought like four or five of the packs of the Animal Crossing cards, which are six bucks a pop, mind you. And each of the packs come with like five or six cards and they give you various villagers. And then the villagers you can then scan into your game. So it's like, it's not like Pokemon cards where like you look at them or you have to have friends to play the game with. It's like you get something very tangible out of it. And so I texted my cousin and I was like, I'm going to go see if my target has any of these. My target had them online. It said my target didn't have them, but I went in and they did have them. So I bought a pack of the Animal Crossing cards. Uh, my girlfriend and I are sitting in the parking lot at Target. We open them up. First card pack, I have Shino. So I, I, call, I call my cousin and I'm like, I'm like, girl, I have Shino. You're going to flip shit. And my cousin goes, I just bought Shino on eBay for $15. No. Oh my god. It sucks. I feel very bad for them, but I'm excited. Uh it's also really cool too. The original Animal Crossing game that came out on the GameCube, that I don't know if you knew this, the the version of Animal Crossing that we got is actually a modified improved version of the original Animal Crossing from when it came out in Japan because the first Animal Crossing in Japan originally released as an N64 game. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I love that. But then in Japan, they also released an additional pack. I don't know if this was a pack or like how it worked, but there were new villagers that they released that were only through the e-reader cards, which was that weird funky device that you plugged into your Game Boy Advance. And then you like slid these special cards through and it would unlock content in some of the, it was basically Amiibo cards, except they had barcodes instead of NFC tags. But there was like a whole slate of villagers that were only available in the Japanese version of Animal Crossing because of that. So some of those characters are now included in this latest update. So I've got a couple of cards for characters who were like technically Japanese exclusive for the past 20 years. But yeah, it's it's like really cute. It's cool that they're introducing content that's like new and also old. So Animal Crossing is great. A lot of problems in the video game industry, but Animal Crossing is not the worst of them. No. At the end of the day, we could always, always go back to Animal Crossing. And I'd love to keep going back to the, so I really hope they continue to release free update patches with more content, but... But... Mm. Mm. I am um, actually checking the Animal Crossing right now, and it's mm-hmm. available at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I literally typed in A in the target search bar and it, like immediately all completed to Animal Crossing Amiibo cards. Let's go. Let's see. Oh, they, have, oh, they have Animal Crossing school supplies. They have the cute, okay. Can I just like Animal Crossing has the cutest shit, man. Very cute merch, very cute merch. They know who their target audience is. It's not even, they don't even have it listed as an item that they sell. Yeah, it's like buried on the target website. I was struggling. What? <laughs> all right, I'm looking. Yeah, so I really haven't had the time, or like I do have time, but it's like not the right time yeah. for Animal Crossing. So I've been going through that, and then besides that, I've been reading a book. What are you reading? Called the Woman in the Window. It was made into a film a few years ago, but it's about a woman who um, I haven't read all of it, but she lives with agoraphobia, so she okay. can't get out of her house. She can't even like get a package at the door and reach that far out without having like a full-blown panic attack. 
and kind of her like psychological breakdown and it's a paradox because she is actually a therapist like she's like a psychiatrist who is battling a mental illness herself and oh god she like low-key practices medicine on like chat rooms for other agoraphobes giving them advice that she can't really go with herself damn so she is like her own untreatable patient um so it's interesting there's lots of drama between like her neighborhood she's gotten to like this habit of spying on her neighbors it's super weird and that's how she ends up witnessing a murder and it's kind of hard to witness a murder um and be part of that investigation when you can't even go outside because you're agoraphobic and no one believes her as a woman with a mental illness and who struggles with addiction um, and it's it's a wild ride. It's it's I love that subgenre of thrillers that's like domestic horror. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that your home can be a prison that like you don't have to go inside someone else's creepy haunted house to experience yeah. something terrible. You can just experience it in your own. Oh, that kind of stuff freaks me out. I can't do that. Yeah. Um that's why I actually like that movie Shirley, the one that had Elizabeth Moss playing like the the famous uh, writer, um, I just that stuff is like just really intriguing to me. It's like my my favorite brands of fucked up content. So I've been enjoying that. And Thanksgiving is next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going out of town to meet my uh, fiance's grandmother in rural Georgia. So you know I will be playing Animal Crossing. Let's go during that road trip, in which I will not be driving. So I will be raising the money. I'll have. Harva Palooza. I'll have the whole <laughs> thing going on. I'll be fishing with a capital F. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna keep playing Animal Crossing and keep just reading the stuff that's coming out about the early perspectives on Elden Ring because I'm just I continue to just be immensely excited for that game. It looks so incredible. But uh, go read about Elden Ring. Yeah, where can people find you on the internet during? the next thanksgiving period and also after that you can find me on twitter at tori underscore as underscore always you can find me on twitter at noah underscore hertz spelled h-u-r-t-s and you can find the podcast on twitter at press underscore start pod you can also reach us by email if you want to tell us who your favorite animal crossing villager or least favorite activision blizzard board member is at heypressstart at gmail.com. Our theme music is Burn Tap by the artist Geist. You can find more of their music on Bandcamp at noahgeist.bandcamp.com. And our show art is by Kai at Wisp Graphics. Yeah, and that's it. Stay safe, drive safe if you're traveling, be careful, and happy Thanksgiving. And I hope everyone listening has some time to play some games. today that Christine had never heard of Hatsune Miku.
She just didn't know who Hatsune Miku was. How did she spend like three months in Asia and not encounter Hatsune Miku? Bro, she's she was on Tumblr in like 2011. I don't know how she didn't know who Hatsune Miku was. She has headphones on. She's in our room, so we're good. I was like, I made some comment to her. Somehow we ended up talking about Minecraft. And I was like, haha, yeah, Microsoft owns Minecraft now. She was like, yeah. And I was like, that's good because the guy who made Minecraft is like a white supremacist. And she was like, haha. And I was like, no, like really, he's a neo-Nazi. She was like, damn, that sucks. And I was like, yeah, that was why there was that joke on the internet for a while that Hatsune Miku made Minecraft. And she goes, I think there's a joke there somewhere. I was like, the joke is that it's Miku, the Vocaloid. And she goes, what's a Vocaloid? And I went, huh? And she goes, who's Hatsune Miku? And I was like, no. I think Christine has something going for her for not being as terminally online as we are. 